0: White Cloud, feed to the right, back in front. White Cloud scores! White Cloud, bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle. Went to the outside right for Stone. Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud. The righty rips it home.
1: Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back
0: for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show.
1: Michael, nine seconds, through the left circle. Number nine closing in, he
0: scores! That's an overtime winner. Jack Eichel, 2-1 Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LBSportsNetwork.com
1: with your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. Hey, Chappie. Yes. You don't pick the promos when they run, do you? No. That's all slotted in.
2: Yeah, it's all 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 automatic. and Random, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, our promos are not supposed to run during our show.
1: Because I just heard one right before we came back. The last thing on the station was tune in to the VGK Insider well, Show a, every day at 4. That's illegal. That's a legal ID. Oh. <laughs> yes. Every day a, at 4. Yes. But
0: it's at 5 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, well, it's telling you tune in every day at 4 because that's what time we start. So it's basically saying you missed an hour of the show already. And, and that's on you if you missed an hour of the show. Not oh. on you personally, Darren. That's like my move to the fridge. but
2: yeah. Well, it's not on Darren. He was here at 4. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Was... Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's not on Darren. It's It's on... Whoever missed the first hour of the show.
1: I'm perfect. I'm always here. Everybody knows that. Uh, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, uh, Chris Chapman here. Uh, that just taught me something about how the world of radio works. So we got our game ratings coming up. And what we're going to do today with the game ratings, because we, we got some catch-up to do. Because between Thanksgiving and then early face-offs, uh, we've missed, uh, missed a couple of games. So we're going to go in order. And that means, Chappie, quick, 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 quick. So you got Ottawa, a win. Seattle and Vancouver, a couple of losses, and then the victory over Columbus. This is by discontinued cars. Darren Elliott thinks we should expand this to, like, 10 different cars because he, he he's a car guy, and he's got all these different uh, cars in his head that we should go for a one-and-a-half and a two-and-a-half. Two I said, we, I can't get Wallace to get off the fence with a one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> what, what would happen if I gave him the, the half option? So we've got the AMC Pacer, or Gremlin, as a one. That's the bottom of the barrel. A station wagon is a two. But kind of, I don't mind giving a two every now and then, because just the lure of the uh, uh, history of the station wagon, that beautiful thought of, Riding around in the backseat. The Hummer is three, Trans Am is four, and the five out of five is the DeLorean. So a win over Ottawa, a loss to Seattle, a loss to Vancouver, and a victory against Columbus. Chapman.
0: All right. Well, I guess we're gonna skip our game running open, but uh <laughs> Ottawa, I'm I'm gonna go with a Trans Am four out of five. It was a good game. They put good. it they put it away in the second period. Good. Uh Seattle, they weren't very good. I'm going to go with a uh, station wagon in that one because they weren't as bad as they were against Vancouver. I thought they were just awfully bad against
1: Vancouver. Oh, so now you're grading it on a curve. No, 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 no. I mean, but you're comparing the Seattle game to Vancouver and you're changing were, your rating.
0: They were better in right. the Seattle game than they were yeah. in the Vancouver game. Yeah. Uh, right. Vancouver game total failure on multiple fronts. I thought the 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 special teams really really let them down. Although it was kind of fun watching Jonathan so and Connor Garland. It was like the old uh, wrestling days when when they would put two. Uh, Two smaller guys in the ring together. It was a lot of fun. The flyweights. Rey Mysterio being one of the guys that pops off my head. So that was fun. That was about the only... First fight
1: for Conor Garland. Didn't even have his tie down done up. That's why he got tossed out. Yeah, he got ragdolled. Mm. And
0: then um, I'm going to go with it with with the Trans Am last night. Good, not great. Uh, You know, I didn't like that they let Columbus come back in the game, but they found the way to win. And I I do put some credence on Jack Eichel coming back. I think that's a boost for the team.
1: I do, too. Uh, So you went uh, Trans Am, Station Wagon pacer transam yeah Gremlin pacer they yeah. stu- they stunk against me all right Ryan Wallace
2: yeah uh okay four1 win over Ottawa that's a transam a good solid win for the Golden Knights I didn't have too much to complain about in that game uh <laughs> you did. to well, I didn't have too much to complain about it's like you're searching well, out it's... negatives yeah, yeah stop well I <laughs> Well, listen. If, if if I'm going to be told, I'm just going to lean into it, right? <laughs> well, there's there's um, an old
0: saying: don't criticize the wins, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Exactly. So I, I I'm good with it. Uh, the four-two <laughs> loss to the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, that's that's a station wagon for sure. I do like the fact that the Golden Knights were able to find a way to get themselves back into the game. It it, kind of makes it a little bit more disappointing that they weren't able to find anything over the the final 40 minutes, but at least they gave themselves a chance in that game, which is something they did not do in the 5-1 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. That is an AMC pacer. That's a gremlin. That's a 1-out-of-5 if I've ever seen a 1-out-of-5 game. And then, you know, 3-2 win over Columbus. First game on the road. You're 10-1-1 on the road. It's really hard to look at anything in that game specifically and, and get too upset about, too mad about, so I'm going to go Trans Am there as well.
1: Ooh, so we had a 1 out of 5 in there. We had a 2 out of 5, so we had a Gremlin, we had a Station Wagon, and a couple of Trans Ams. No, no perfect scores from either Ryan Wallace or Chris Chapman.
2: Or not you, buddy.
1: I'm a little disappointed in that. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Trans Am for that win over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Workman like you got it done. You beat what is a thorn in your side in Cam Talbot? That also impressed me and should not go unnoticed. Then I went back-to-back gremlins. And you guys uh, were, were wow. grading it up because of the follow-up performance against Vancouver from Seattle. But I didn't like the Seattle game. And it was more... The the Vancouver game didn't bother me as much as a whole because five on five, they were fine. They didn't allow a shot for the first seven and a half minutes or seven minutes of the first period, and then we're into the back half of the second period without allowing a shot. There were some things that happened there that were good and positive, but the three straight power play goals, it's they jump out at you. And here here's the other thing about the power play. And everybody wants to say the power play has got to be better. The power play, I can't. Can't allow three straight goals. I don't even know whether it was the power play. Because they scored a goal five seconds in the one-man advantage, and they scored another goal ten seconds into a power play. It was more, you lost draws cleanly, and they got pucks in that. But, factually, they were both in the power play. Uh, but I, I kind of, in a way, weird, strange way, was more accepting of the Vancouver game than I was of the Seattle game. That said, they both got uh, the Pacers. And then I went then I went DeLorean yesterday because of the just craziness of the game. Between having a couple of goals in the first period scored by two wills, where there's a will, there's a way. And uh and they uh they certainly had that. And then in the third period, the Jack Eichel scenario, and everybody's holding their breath. There is a point. Tell me if, if I'm wrong here. Was there not a point last night where you said, I don't care about the result of this game. I just hope he's okay. Yeah, there was for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm
0: watching sure. that game, yeah. and, and I'm saying to myself, oh my gosh, here I we go again. I don't care what happens. Yeah, let's
1: not let's not go through this again. The way he skated off the ice, Ryan, so fast, like it, it screamed out to me that there was more than just taking a puck up high, and I had trouble seeing the puck when it initially happened uh, because he was caught up with uh, Gabranson, I believe. So it was it was scary, and you're just watching him race off, and you're like, okay, g- game does not matter anymore. They came back, and all of a sudden, the game mattered a lot, and and they were able to uh, grind their way to uh, a victory. It, they didn't have the puck a lot in the overtime either. Like it, it was a, a defensive overtime uh, in the sense of you were playing uh, to stop the Columbus Blue Jackets instead of uh, having an opportunity. When it went to a shootout, I thought they would win. I did because of the skill level that we have in Nick Waugh on the Golden Knights and Shea Theodore on the Golden Knights. Those guys are pretty much money when they go. And then Paul Cotter. Uh, oddly enough, uh, Wa and uh, Theodore didn't score. But uh, uh, it, it was just, it was a really interesting game, Ryan. And that's why when you factor in the drama of Logan, Cotter, Eichel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the win. I, I go. Uh, I go. Delorean.
2: So, for for my own understanding and clarity, you're giving that a five out of five, perfect score because perfect. Jack Eichel was able to come back. Well, it's certainly a part of it, so, and I, then so, Logan so, Thompson. So, in, so, so over the course of of a sixty minute game, having a two goal lead and having to get to a shootout to win the game is is. That's a perfect game. That's a five out of five. Yeah,
1: I can't. Uh, I can't control the other team. Like they, they I, I've tried in the past to manipulate the other team and influence uh, the opposition into giving up and not trying. For some reason, they're professionals, and they keep they keep <laughs> battling back. But but I've tried to convince them. Hey, you guys, just give up. We're, Vegas is going to win this game. Uh, but uh, but that's but, that's but they but they kept on going. Jeff, I just, like, for for a guy that was a game time decision. Yesterday, Johnny Gaudreau. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't know he was going to take warm-up uh, because he missed the practice, the skate in the morning. He was going to take warm-up. We, we talked about him during our pregame show and showed him, and we weren't sure whether he was going to come back out for the game uh, because he was under the weather. For a guy that was not 100%, I obviously feel in some kind of illness, he was darn good.
2: Yeah, no, he was fantastic. He he was really good for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and that's the player that you know you highlight for them right now. And and you, you know you want to understand why Columbus is where they're at right now in the standings. All so you look at who's out of the lineup for them, and if Johnny Goudreau had his full complement, the players around him, I, I think the Columbus Blue Jackets would be a significantly better team than what their record would indicate.
1: But they, they should be. I don't know how much better their season is going to get. Like last night was a a good result for them getting a point out of it. Uh, They had the backup in, but they didn't have, well, their third stringer really uh, was was in goal for them last night. His reaction, by the way, Daniil Tarasov, uh, when William Carlson's puck crossed the line after he slapped at that, well, he wasn't even on his skates. He banged his head against the post. Like, can you believe that thing? Actually went in. It was one of the great reactions in a game that I've seen from from an athlete uh, who was victimized by uh, a goofy play. Uh, Columbus is gonna gonna be really challenged. I don't know how they're gonna get get through this. Whether they can get through this because uh, that that list of players, boy, was that uh, not uh, remindful of a year ago when Vegas would go into a game and missing uh, four guys from their top six and a couple of defensemen and a goaltender. I like got mm-hmm. uh, you 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 really. I have more sympathy for a team going through that right now like Columbus is than I would have before last year.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, you look at Columbus, you look at Washington kind of going through uh, a similar set of of circumstances as the Golden Knights did last year. I think that you absolutely uh, can, can empathize with those teams and the fan bases of those teams because we know firsthand what it's like to go through that.
1: I can't imagine what the bodies are going through today. For, for Vegas players. It's an off day. They're in Pittsburgh. They'll get back to practice tomorrow, and then they'll play the Penguins on Thursday. But just having that chance to exhale. And you're not going to the rink, but you don't have a bunch of other stuff to do where you can just flat-out relax. And if you're at home, uh, I might be the only person that can flat-out Relax. Uh, but everybody else is is into stuff and and helping out with their families. I'm 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 a little selfish that way, uh, but the Golden Knights have played a league high twenty four games. They went through a situation where they played three and four, and then uh, four and six, and finished it off playing five and eight. That's yep. as much of a grind as you get. Like the the CBA will not let you play. More than five and eight. That's the max. And they went through it. And uh, boy, they, and ne- never mind the cuts and the swelling and uh, everything else uh, that, that you have uh, a- as athletes. And Jack Eichel certainly uh, would have been uh, using the ice uh, all last night and today. Uh, today is, uh, is a big just uh, let, let a deep breath out.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine that uh, it's a welcome just simple day off, right? And, you know, you... You kind of go through the Golden Knights schedule over the last seven or eight days, and you recognize that this has been a team that hasn't had a lot of breaks that are that are going to be rejuvenating. Uh, so hopefully today is a rejuvenating type of day for the Golden Knights. Hopefully that you know you just get to to clear your mind and get away from hockey for just you know 24 hours, whatever it may be, and that they're able to hit the ice tomorrow for practice, get a good practice in, and then get a little bit more relaxation time before you get back on the ice on Thursday.
1: So it's been a while since we've talked, and there's been some lineup changes, some formation mm-hmm. adjustments. Some of it lasted half a period. Some of it is a little longer term by the looks of it. Uh, let's start with uh, the in-game switch that Bruce Cassidy made the other night against Seattle, and then went back to his regular lines uh, later on. Uh, I like that quick trigger to change that Uh, when they were down and things weren't going. And he said that sometimes you you verbalize your instructions and sometimes you use ice time or formations uh, to get across your point of view. And he he did both because he's going to tell the players what's going on. But I I like some of the different looks that we saw uh, out of that uh, short uh, experiment.
2: Yeah, so the most common used lines in that game against Seattle when Bruce Cassidy kind of threw everything in the blender was Paul Cotter alongside Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. You had Riley Smith with William Carlston and Phil Kessel. That line scored a goal. And then you had kind of a, a smattering of Nick Watt, Chandler Stevenson, uh, down the middle of Will Carrier and Keegan Colasar. There was a couple of shifts here and there for, for Jonathan Marcioso and Michael Amadio, but it was it was pretty infrequent for those players down that, fi- that final 10 minutes stretch uh i loved the idea of of putting you know uh paul cotter up with eichel and stone i really liked what i saw out of phil kessel probably the the most noticeable phil kessel um had been maybe in a couple of games was alongside william carlson and riley smith and you know phil scores a goal it, it, it gets the golden knights back in the game and i, I think it's interesting that you had uh, kind of the breakdown the way that it was with with those players but it it worked for that 10 minute stretch um I wondered why Bruce didn't go back to it maybe later in the game when, uh, when Seattle went up 4-2. to two. Um, But, you know, he, he kind of talks about the, the ability to juggle that throughout the entirety of the game with Nick Waugh playing his first game in, in, three, in three games was, was kind of a, a stretch there. So uh, I did like the way it looked. I liked the way that the Golden Knights were able to get back in the game by playing with those lineup configurations. But I'm not sure it's going to be anything we see in the future.
1: The two guys that were left out of the rotation were Chandler Stevenson and Jonathan Marchessault. Stevenson went back sooner. Marchessault was left out uh, for a bit, which was a message that uh, that was definitely sent, and you saw that in the reaction the n- next night against the Vancouver Canucks and uh, scoring, and also with the scrap. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of a coach making those points and sitting a guy out of a rotation or two or three or a few minutes when they do it to established roster players. And that that gets everybody's attention, which was what happened that night. Didn't work for a win. Didn't result in a win the next night. But I think everybody knows and knew going forward from the second period on, on on Friday, that it was it was going to be Bruce's way uh, the rest of the way.
2: Yeah, and you know I think that there's also something to be said for you know the the fact that he did it for just a a period of time. Like I, we've seen at at times other coaches, not looking at you, John Tortorella, that will sit a player for you know a, a large. Right, chunk I don't like of the time, way he does business. I don't period, like him. Right or 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 more. Um so I yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that Bruce wanted to send a message. He clearly did. The Golden Knights got themselves back into the game. They just weren't able to to find the winning recipe over the final two periods.
1: So then you have the more uh long-term mm-hmm. alignment. And that's Nick Ma moving up. Uh, Jake Lasition yep. uh played played last night uh, on the fourth line, but it's Nick Waugh on that third line with Paul Cotter and Phil Kessel, and that's something you've been looking forward to. It has yep. has it delivered what you hoped it would?
2: Uh not yet. No. I, I mean I think that there there have been some moments, there've been some some spots here and there, but I, I think with Nick Waugh just kind of getting his legs back under him after coming back from injury, um and needing Maybe a little bit of a confidence boost for, say, a Paul Cotter. Um, I think that you have the opportunity maybe now with Paul Cotter scoring that big shootout goal, getting a little bit more confidence in his game, Phil Kessel being a little bit more noticeable, and Nick Waugh maybe a little bit more comfortable. It can grow into something, but it hasn't been as immediate as I would would have hoped that it would have been or thought that it could have been.
1: Am I wrong, or does Phil Kessel score with everybody but who he's playing with?
2: (laughs) Yeah, more or less. Yep. Right? Yep.
1: Either power play or uh, lines changed up or sure, uh, sure. Uh, in transition where, where there's a, a change taking place and guys just end up on the ice with each other. Uh, interesting how that's uh, that's worked. Now, with the, with the fourth line, and you've got Carrier, Colasar, and it started with Nick Baugh, It's been Brett Howden. It uh, was Jake Lesition last night. Uh, we don't know when Howden's going to be back in the lineup, but uh, I don't think he's on this trip. In the past, it's been the center that's provided, or thought to be the center, whether it's uh, Watt in this case. I'll use him as an example that provides an offensive element to those three players. Mm -hmm. I've changed my thinking on that. It's now Colasar and Carrier that provide the impetus for scoring opportunities. And whoever's playing center is going to have a good game, mm-hmm. and that that's the way it's it's really resulted. L- last night, Jake Lasichan was was really good, yeah. but those those other two were outstanding. Mhm.
2: Mhm. Yeah. No, they were. Um, I mean, Will Carrier scores a goal. All that guy does now is score goals. So uh, tip tip of the cap to Will Carrier, and Keegan Colasar has been fantastic. He's been really good at just getting pucks in deep, and and that line goes to work. So I thought Jake LeCision had a really strong game, and that's why I feel like with Nick Waugh up the lineup, I think it gives you more of an option for uh, the ability to lean into the skill set of a Paul Cotter and a Phil Kessel while not taking away from what you're going to get out of your fourth line with Carrier and Kolasar. They're a well-oiled machine, and they know what they need to do. They know how they need to play, and they do that every single time they hop over the boards.
1: Carrier was everywhere for a couple mm-hmm. of shifts yep. last night yep. with with opportunities in and around the goal. and he, fin- he finishes a plus one with 15 and a half minutes of ice time. If that Happened last year, two years ago, we'd be making big news out of it. But now it's like mm-hmm. that's that's where their ice time is. Had five yeah. shots on goal last night,
2: right? Five. Imagine imagine not wanting him to be one of the stars of the game. That's five, crazy.
1: Five shots, and and Kolasar had had a couple of uh, chances, but they're they're now drivers,
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: of offense and can carry. A center, and allow you the flexibility, as you mentioned, to move Nick Wah up to help out mm-hmm. that other line. I don't know what they're going to do with the third line, to to be honest. Um, yeah, Phil Phil needs to produce. I would like to be him to be more noticeable. Uh, sure, but his his production is is actually fine. Like from a goal perspective, it's fine. It's right right in the wheelhouse of a. a 16 to 22 goal a season, like right in, Mm -hmm. right in there. Uh, So I I don't think you can argue that part of it, but I'd like to see it be uh, a a little bit more noticeable saying that Phil's played a lot of games where he's put up three points where I said, I didn't, I didn't see him tonight, but he, he does that. Like I, I can't criticize him for not being noticeable when in the past I've, I've done the exact same thing, but he's put up points. Uh, so I there, that that's a fine line with me and I want to make mm-hmm. sure that I that I'm uh, fully up uh, front with he's 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 got that ability to not be racing up and down the ice and be uh, left in your memory banks as the most uh, uh, dominant player on the ice. He, he doesn't have to do that to be able to put up numbers. But, uh, but they have to find some consistency with that line or an identity with that line, and they're still yeah. searching for it. I like Paul Cotter in there because of the shootout. I, I'm, yeah. willing, I'm willing to bite that, that bullet if you want uh, to have him out there just in case this game goes to a shootout, and the potential for him to chip in in other ways, and find his feet as a National Hockey League player, I think his game's fallen off uh, from from where he was at the start. That's not unexpected. Uh, he's sure. going to go through ups and downs. He's he's learning. He's going to get. He's got to get tougher on pucks. He's got to get uh, better at retrieving pucks. That's all part of growing as a player. Uh, this is the first time that he spent an extended period of time in the National Hockey League, and not being. Super critical. It's just a fact. But I want him in there just in case this game goes to a shootout because he can win you that extra extra point. But the overall overall line, they've tried multiple centers. They've tried different wingers with Phil, and it's still it's still not to the point where you go. I feel like there might be a breakthrough.
2: Mm-hmm. So would would you change something else up the lineup to try to work? the third line in a different in a different setting like are the top two lines is your fourth line is all of that going well enough for you right now that you just kind of allow paul cotter nick wa and phil kessel to play play through it and find some chemistry or is there a change you'd like to see
1: well i would not be surprised at some point if mm-hmm. they reach out to henderson okay is interesting. Is Zachary Manonin a guy yeah. that could uh, could patrol that area at center, and then you move Nick Waugh back uh, to the fourth line and uh, and and make it happen there, like jolt uh, uh, something in place? I don't I don't know. Now Manonin's is very responsible. Uh, sure. Does he give you enough offensively shift over shift over shift to accomplish what I want to? I don't know, and if I was going to lean one way or the other, I would probably say no. He's a big game player, all mm-hmm. kinds of skill, but I don't. And I do think he has to play center uh, if you're going to bring him up. Or Pavel Dorofiev could could sure. he come up? And he, he's an offensive player, and a couple of years uh, over here uh, is he a guy? And I know I know they like him because I've talked to people who. Know a lot more about this game than I do, and are a lot more involved. And they are our big fans and are excited about the next step for Durafiev. Could he be a player that they potentially look at? Like I, I don't think they go outside the organization without giving a glance at at the players that are making some uh, noise with the Henderson Silver Knights.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think that there's you know, when I like I'm not necessarily suggesting you go out and try to like make a trade or anything right now. That that's not the direction that I would go. I I think if you've got Dorofiev and you feel like that's a player that can inject something into that third line that gives you a little bit more, then I think it's worth trying. I, I would argue that, you know, getting Brett Howden back in the fold and, you know, seeing whether or not you you've got something that, that works for you on that fourth line with Carrier, Howden, and Colasar, and or if the production gets even better, or if Brett just starts to produce, which I, I feel like he was right on the cusp of doing with those two. Um, I, I still believe you can grow into something with Cotter Waugh, and Kessel. The skill level is there. It just needs a little bit of time. But if you know, if if time's not necessarily something that you're looking at, or if Brett Howden's going to be out a little while, I don't know that there's really anything wrong with giving Fiev or Zachary Manin in a shot. Because you know, in, in the case of Manin, I, I liked a lot of his game throughout training camp and in the preseason. I'd like to see him get a shot at the NHL level too.
1: I'll throw something sort of left fieldish at you because yeah. I don't. I don't think it's an area that they necessarily want to go because okay. there's such great production uh, and consistency out of that line with Carrier, Colasar, and whoever's playing center. What about moving Carrier up to play the left side of the third line?
2: Carrier Waugh, and Kessel. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, it's not I don't what I dislike. It,
1: it it's not something I, like, I I would I would rush to do. But I wonder he's he's hot. He can go retrieve pucks. He can he can produce. We know that and 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 finish. Uh, it's it's just one of those things where I think about it and I go mm-hmm. against it and then I come back to it and go why not and then I go away from it and I look what Does- what's happening. But the, the, my fear is you weaken a great line. Sure to strengthen the third line and maybe you don't have the overall you might have it might make the third line a little bit better but
2: well, does that, that offset that, that, the my, great
1: the great uh, surge by that uh, that Colisar and Carrier unit
2: Well that's my question like does does will Carrier Nick Waugh, and Phil Kessel like do, what what Wah and Carrier are going to do does that bring Phil Kessel's game into a place where he's producing consistently?
1: I don't know. That's what you're trying to like, do.
2: Well, sure, but I, I I mean, like Phil plays you know
1: You got to go, f- go get pucks for Phil. You got to go get pucks for Phil.
2: You you do. Yes, but but for Will Carrier and for Nick Waugh, their first I mean maybe Waugh is a guy that's going to be able to feed Phil. But like Carrier's not necessarily going to be the guy. He'll get you a puck for sure, but he's going to take it right to the front of the net. Like are you going to get Phil as a second to the net? Trying to trying to chip in a rebound. That's like, are you going to be able to get that aspect out of him?
1: I I would think that you might get something out of him. Yeah, but I don't know. And and <laughs> it's funny. At the start of the year, I would yeah. have said, "Okay, Phil's going to play with Nick and Carrier." Okay, I would have said he's being dropped to the fourth line. Sure, but instead, I'm looking at this going, "Wah and Carrier are moving." Up, because they're really the third line anyway. But in in uh, when it comes to status, they're moving up with Phil, and you've got this this ready made third line. It makes it makes sense, and everybody's happy. You're not you're not punishing any, or or, or like uh, from an image standpoint, you're you're not dissing anybody. But I don't know whether sure. that would ever happen.
2: I don't know either. I I I just. Carrier and Kolasar, and it doesn't matter if it's LeCision, it doesn't really matter if it's Newell, it doesn't really matter if it's Brett Howden. Those two guys on the wings on that fourth line, you can put air quotes on it if you want to, based on ice time, they're not a fourth line. They've been so, so good and such difference makers. I don't know that you'd change or touch anything there. I really don't. If you believe... It'll jumpstart Phil in a way. Maybe you go to it for a couple of games, but I, I don't like messing with something that has been yeah. so so dominant for the Golden Knights early on.
1: So then we get into that whole: do they go and reach out to Henderson, Dorfeev, the left yeah. winger? They, they they bring him up or and some are along there. Uh, we got uh, one-timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League coming up. Uh, we also have tweet have tickets today, Chapman. We do. Yes, don't yes. We? yes. We, we can give. Want to give away a pair now? Let's. Yes, 702 876 1340. Well, it's top of mind. 702 876 1340. Chapman, that's uh, for the Boston
0: game? It is for Boston on Sunday, the 11th of December at 5 p.m. Listen to him
1: doing his deep radio voice for the Boston game. Uh, be caller number nine to 702 876 1340. We're coming back with one timer's news and notes around the National Hockey League on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores!
0: It's time for one-timers.
1: One-timers.
0: Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo! Quick looks at some of the biggest
1: stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Got two more tickets to give away. One more set. It's coming up in just a little bit. Don't call yet, but have 702 876 1340 In your head. Maybe have it punched into your phone just ready to hit set. Uh, I'm going to start off with this story for one reason. Because seven years ago, I could never have done this justice. Uh, Rupe Hintz signs an eight-year contract. $67 million with the Dallas Stars. Average of 8.45. He's a good player.
2: uh,
1: 26-year-old. He's... (laughs) He's in the final year of a three-year deal that, uh, that pays him about $3 million a year. Uh, but uh, he, he's a guy that kind of blew up during the bubble, really came sure. to the forefront. And yeah. th- it was at that stage where everybody was trying to figure out, how do I say this name? <laughs> so I, I, I want to start with Rupe Hins getting this massive deal just because I'm so proud that we've come this way and we can pronounce the gentleman's name properly. Hip hip, rupe. Yes, when you first saw it way back when, were you like, whoop, uh, hits, uh, hits, whoop? No, uh,
2: no, no, no. Um, no. When when I first saw it, I I played the little uh, uh, noise box next to it and heard the actual pronunciation. No, no, but of when you name. first see it,
1: you don't know. Yeah, no, like it, without it, without it,
2: it, it's. It, well, hints hints is pretty pretty simple. It's pretty standard hints if, if you just know hints. I like, I know it seems obvious now. No, it doesn't seem obvious now. It is obvious. H I N T Z mm. is hints. It's it's that simple. Wow. Like if it wasn't and if it wasn't a Z and it was just H I N T, you know there's wow. a thing it called a hint when I, you're playing a game God. like say Clue, there's a lot hint of is like names a clue out there and were. it's Pretty simple. I don't you know. You can look at that and say hints. Heck, that makes sense. To guys me. change their names well,
1: during the course of their career,
0: and I don't know. You kind of missed the obvious pun there too. There, yeah. there are yeah. hints, hints in there.
1: Yep. Patrick yep. Kane, yep. I know. Patrick Kane has been easy to pronounce from the very start. Jonathan Kane Taves. Hints, that's real tough. Jonathan Taves is different. Yeah, took everybody a while to figure that one out. But those two guys, two future Hall of Famers, playing together. Been reunited. First time since uh, late last year that those two are going to go because uh, Chicago's in a bit of a skid right now. They're going to play Andreas Athanasiu. Now, there's a name. Oh, I can never say tough that one. To, to get your mind and mouth around. I had him as a Memorial Cup participant, and we, Nick Hipprios and I, would go back and forth trying to like practice it. Athanasiu? At the U, uh, and we would, we, we, Nick would always just say, Andreas. He was smart, yep. and, uh, and but we would be so happy if we got it. But uh, Andreas having to see you, yeah. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane yep. playing together tonight for the Chicago Blackhawks, who are struggling. They hook up with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they're loading up in an o six and one skid to try and battle a team built for speed.
2: I'll say this. The best thing that could have happened to the Chicago Blackhawks is the fact that they have lost that they're one, seven and two in their last 10 games. Like good, good on you. It was a nice, it was a nice push at the beginning of the year, but now you've got to find that, that next gear to understand you're not a very good hockey team. You shouldn't be a very good hockey team. You should be in, in the bottom three because you want to get a really good player. If you can find a way to, to kind of lock your odds in there. Um, And you've got to trade away Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Like, them playing together doesn't do anything for me unless it's on a team that can actually win.
1: So they play tomorrow night. Did you know Patrick Kane leads the Blackhawks in points?
2: That's not surprising.
1: No, it's not. Do you know who leads the Chicago Blackhawks in goals? And it's not Patrick Kane.
2: Oh, um... I, I don't know why I want to say Jonathan Tapes.
1: It is Jonathan Tapes. Yeah. Wow. Oh. It's uh oh, it, it, that is that is a bounce back good year uh for Jonathan sure. Tapes. Uh between the Avalanche and the Jets, who's a better team? Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> who's a better team? Uh one's a yeah, defending champion. A really, one's a defending that's a champion.
2: Re- uh, that's a really tough question. Um I still like the I like the defense more of the Colorado Avalanche. I, I really do. Um, I think Winnipeg's interesting in that Connor Hellebuck's playing absolutely out of his mind. Um, and if you can have Connor Hellebuck play at that level, then I think that the Winnipeg Jets could certainly uh, ascend to that that 2-3 spot where they're at right now in the Central, but I still take Colorado all day long.
1: Colorado's got some pretty good goaltending so far this year from Jorgiv as well. But uh the Jets have a better record. Slightly better record. But they have the better record uh than the Colorado Avalanche. Not many expected that at the start of the year. Uh Jets have been helped out though in overtime. Get get this sure. one. Six yeah. and one in overtime.
2: Not bad. Not bad.
1: That's a whole lot of bonus points. That gets in the playoffs. Vegas does that last year, like that type of Sure, yeah. uh, heavily weighted on the extra point, they're in the playoffs last year. That That's how amazing so, it's been so far for the Jets.
2: So I'm just going to push back because I love how you frame certain things. Technically speaking, yes, the Winnipeg Jets have a better record at 13-6-1. Yeah. However, the Colorado Avalanches have played one less game than Winnipeg, and they are 12-6-1. So yeah. if Colorado were to win their next game. They would have the exact same record as the Winnipeg Jets, yeah. though they would actually own the tiebreaker because they have nine regulation wins, whereas the Jets only have seven, and the goal differential for Colorado is plus 21 to plus 10 for Winnipeg. But hey, oh, no. technically oh. speaking, you know what? they you know have what? a better record.
1: Do you have a sound effect for blowing up a balloon and then letting it go? No. No? <laughs> no. Okay, <laughs> what's that sound like? <sighs> 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 That's, that's what I'm going to do to Wallace right now. Because if the Avalanche win their next game, you're right. All that would happen. Except they're losing their next game right now. And they're losing their next game to Winnipeg. That's just a... Uh, hey, the New York Islanders. Are they not quietly having a really good season? Much like, like Vegas. But I feel like Vegas has got a lot more attention than the New York Islanders right now, who are Picking it up and putting it down when it comes to, to points. They're second only to that wagon called the New Jersey Devils in the Metropolitan
2: Division. Yeah, um, that's why no one's talking about the New York Islanders. But they're, they're having a good campaign. Good of, as as good of a story as the New York Islanders are, are right now, they are not 19-4. They are not the wagon mm-hmm. that is the New Jersey Devils. They didn't win 13 games in a row. And unfortunately, they are going to play second fiddle to New Jersey for as long as the Devils continue to be good.
1: Timing's everything. It's
2: like Seattle.
1: If Seattle would have done what they're doing now, last year, they would have been the stars of the National Hockey League.
2: Except it
1: didn't happen last year. And now they're just another team this time around. Uh, A lot of fun. Uh, Lightning and Bruins are playing tonight. We're going to keep an eye on that as we go through the evening because that is uh, a big one. Uh, Three-time Stanley Cup finalists, two-time champions. The Lightning taking on the best team in hockey right now in the Boston Bruins. And Pittsburgh, who we will see later this week with the Vegas Golden Knights, hooking up with the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, that one is a 2-1 lead for the Carolina Hurricanes. Those are your one-timers on Fox Sports Las Vegas we have two tickets to give away for the Boston Bruins game same same game right yes sir right, same yep. game uh let's go with uh, caller number 12 this time around 702-876-1340 702-876-1340 call now we'll send you to the game involving the Boston Bruins the Vegas Golden Knights uh in early next month <laughs> we're still holding on to november early next month uh we'll be back with catching up with Chapman he's going to talk some football on the way <laughs>
0: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So, uh, you alluded to the fact that I was going to talk soccer or football, but uh, no, you, no. I'm, just for that, no, I'm kidding. Obviously, you're going to yeah, talk football today. The easiest yeah. bet in the world. Yeah. They wouldn't even put that on the board. Huge, huge win by the United States. Uh, you know, funny thing is, I mentioned earlier in the show, don't criticize the wins. Not going to criticize it. The U.S., they got the win that they <laughs> needed. Um, I'll leave that to other people. They can criticize the win all they want. Um, but it's criticizing uh, it? Well, there there were some real tactical things that the manager probably didn't do correct. But at the end of the day, the U.S. did what they needed to do. They defeated Iran uh, 1-0. Or one nothing, one zero, one love. However you want to score it, the U.S. advances. They I don't think na-
1: anybody says one love. I don't think what? so either.
2: Isn't it supposed to be one 0
0: One nil. Yeah. So they so advance. And they will. I did say that. <laughs>
2: well, they they will take on qualifiers on it.
0: Holland on mm-hmm. Saturday morning. The Netherlands. Uh, kickoff at seven. Uh, the United States and Holland have never played a competitive match. They have played four. I'm sorry, five friendly matches in the past. None of those matter. U.S. did, however, win the last one, which didn't take, which took place seven years ago. So, uh, kind of a meaningless little thing in there. But uh, yeah, Christian Pulisic, the star for the U.S., the Captain America, as he's referred to, scores the winning goal in the 38th minute. And, that was
1: going to the net too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well,
0: he and he paid the price for scoring the goal. He sell was out man. Yeah, Gotta you know,
1: you know what was win. weird though? Like he 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 paid the price for that, but that didn't look as bad as Alex Petrangelo going into the boards in Montreal. Yeah. And Petro got up and knocked one of Josh Anderson's teeth out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, so so uh
0: big big win and they survived in the final uh, you know, the stoppage time thing has been weird. Nine minutes of stoppage time in that one today, but uh the US holds on, they win one nothing. Iran with a pretty spirited effort, I thought. Uh, they were playing obviously for a lot more than than just soccer. I thought uh, it was Iran. No, Iran. Iran. E? I, I I watched a uh, a video of Tyler Adams get criticized by a Iranian uh journalism or journalist who uh said well, well you keep saying you support the Iranian protesters but you're pronouncing the country wrong it's mm-hmm. Iran and he, I guess Tyler Adams was calling it Iran
1: I have no idea who Tyler Adams is
0: Oh well, he's the captain of the US national no. team yes
1: No I should know who he is then
0: Iron Sheikh I think he was he was torn today because obviously if you watched wrestling when you were a kid you know USA not number 1 or Russia Iran number 1 USA Iron Sheik was really good about that, but uh, how did you take this thing into wrestling? Oh, you could you could take anything into 1980s wrestling. Iron Sheik, great true. follow on Twitter, by the way. What if the Dutch are going to wear their orange? Oh, they always wear the orange. Oh, they get the, the blue. The you know why? You know why they wear orange, right? House of Orange, royal family. Hmm. Didn't know that.
1: <laughs> now you know. I'll forget that in sixteen. I'm seconds. sure you will. Yeah. We have a show tomorrow before we're back at it with the Golden Knights against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Thursday. Can't wait. Back to back, just like old times on Fox Sports Las Vegas.